Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
Welcome to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is J-A-E-F.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important unseen realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two unseen realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. We're talking about something you can't possibly see, but it is what makes up everything in the universe. I mean, can you explain photons to me? Do you see photons in the room? Do you see photons when you go outside? Those are subatomic particles of light. And yet these things are at every
everyday life in sunlight, everything we see that's light is made up of the quantum realm. And when you look at a table and it looks solid, you're gonna put a book on it or your cup of coffee on it, it looks solid, but it's really not solid. There's space between the atoms. There's space between the, the nucleus of the atom and the electrons. So if you could really see on the quantum level, you would see that that table is not at all solid. And secondly, and most exciting, is you would see that it's moving. That table is not sitting still. It's moving. There's a vibration of particles, and that is the quantum world, and we interact with it every day. Well, everything God created is full of life. Everything God created is full of life. How could he create anything that is not full of life? So just as I talked about the tabletop, if you could see on the quantum level, it's not dead, it's not static, there's a vibrating frequency there, there's movement, there's life there. And so here we are, we're alive, I think you'd acknowledge that, and we are interacting with everything in this world that is also alive. It is full of life. And so our relationship with all the things in the world that are alive are determined by what we say about it, what we think about it, our perception of it. And so we are life interacting with all of God's creation that's full of life. There's a parallel plane in the realm of the spirit. The spirit world is the unseen world, what we can't see. And yet everything we do see was created from the unseen realm. There was nothing seen when God said, let there be light. There was nothing, there was not light. God is a spirit. So he spoke spirit words and spirit words created matter. It formed the world, it formed the hills, the mountains, it formed everything we see here in life. All matter is created by the spirit realm. And in the realm of the spirit, you know, we, we talk about angels, we can't see them. And yet in a parallel plane, they are there, they are operating. In one famous incident in the Old Testament, the prophet asked that the eyes of his servant be opened. And he saw that there were horses and chariots and angels everywhere. So if our eyes were open right now, we could see in the realm of the spirit and see angels and spirit beings, horses, whatever that God has created there. And yet we can't see it with our physical eye. The spirit realm operates on a different frequency. And we have no instrument in our physical body to see into that realm unless God opens our eyes through a gift of the Spirit. And then we're enabled to see into that invisible realm that is real, exists, and guess what? The Spirit realm will never perish, it will never die. God created man and woman, and what? In His image and in His likeness to do what? to have authority over the earth, to have dominion over the earth, to rule and reign, how? In the same way God created it, through their words.
fact, it's saying, well, there's only, in this realm, there's only possibilities and probabilities. What does that sound like? Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. The infinite possibilities based on your belief, on your words, on your intent, that subatomic particle knowing the intent, what they're measuring, they're gonna measure the energy of it or the position of it or the, how does it know what they're looking for? It responds to the observer and all of life, everything in this life responds to us individually in the same manner. to the pre-show. All of a sudden, the things that Jesus said and the things that are even in the Old Testament began to make sense because they operate outside the laws of classical physics, like the axe head that floated. That, that's not normal, okay? No. <laughs> but, but there is some law that enabled that axe head to float that superseded the known laws of physics. And if you get into the fact that Jesus walked on water, well, I don't know anybody that, you know, uh, can walk on water and not sink because a classical law of physics says that a 180-pound man is dense and he goes through the water. But Jesus knew something that enabled him to walk on water, to walk through walls, and to heal the sick and do all manner of things that classical physics say is impossible. So it just began to amaze me that actually encoded in the Bible, we see examples of quantum physics and how that works, especially when it comes to the law of faith and how faith operates. Welcome back to episode four of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. We're just picking up right from where the last episode ended. In the last episode, we were talking about why our fascination with quantum faith, why we should be fascinated about quantum faith meets quantum physics. And one of the things we said was that our fascination in quantum faith meets quantum physics should come from the understanding that the principles taught by Jesus on how to deal with our natural and physical world and environment today aren't baseless. It isn't just rara. We also say that why was the strategy, why was God's strategy not to teach, not to have Jesus teach us physics, science, and medicine, and instead focus more on our salvation? Because we, we quoted John 3.16, which says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life and not perish. You know, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So then we say that God is clearly in the business of saving souls, not teaching physics and science. Why? because his original plan for human existence was disrupted by a prideful angel who once upon a time lived in heaven. 
Before he became Satan, he was called Lucifer, and he was one of the archangels of heaven. In fact, he was the one that was created, and he was, the, he was in charge of praise and worship and glorifying the Father. But Lucifer disrupted God's original plan when he was kicked out of heaven, corrupted man whom God had created in his own image and likeness. So God had to kind of like reroute as a GPS and say, okay, I have a more pressing need to save the souls that I've created. So he sent his son Jesus to save souls. That's the business that God is in. That's why Jesus, you know, didn't focus on teaching us physics, science, and medicine. But we also know that God's word, from his word, it says the wisdom of God is infinite. And in fact, we quoted from the gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 25, that says, there's so many things which Jesus did. If they should be all recorded one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain, have room for the books that would be written. That's mind-blowing. So we're starting to see why there was just not enough time to teach physics, science, and medicine. And we also say we have the same Bible. Think of it. We only, we only have one book to reference from, to understand God, our beginnings, and our end, the Bible. But still, even within the Christian uh, sector's circle, Christians can't even agree on, on some of the basics of the Bible. So there's different Christian sects. And there's also a lot of modern economies, a lot of governmental, a lot of governments and, and, and the standard of our ethics and morality is built on it's built on, there's a common way that, uh, what's the word? It's built on Judaic ethics and morality. Basically, a lot of what our society runs from are from the Big Ten, the commandments that we see God giving to people and saying, do not do this, do not do this. And of course, there's other laws that came into place after the first 10 commandments. But the moral code of society is built on Judaic ethic principles. Anyways, so yes, we say that if Jesus' approach was teaching, you know, focusing on things like science, physics, or medicine, then what? That we would be such logical-minded robots that would be so empty will never have a showcase or an outstanding, an overwhelming showcase of empathy and emotions that Jesus showed us when he walked on this planet. You know, if Jesus' approach was more natural and appealing to reason, would miss out on love, on joy, on peace, on empathy. And I say that these are, these are the intangible attributes of existence. The glue in between the logic and reasoning is compassion, care, and love, and forgiveness. That's why, in fact, what's very interesting, I, re I read somewhere uh, a while ago 
but I read that most times when you have people suing doctors for failed surgeries or surgeries that cause, that have a side effect that cause more problems, when doctors are sued, this, the survey showed that doctors who were compassionate with their patients are most are less likely to be sued if something goes wrong with the surgery. Doctors who are more compassionate with their patients are less likely to be sued if something goes wrong with the surgery. So we have to understand there, the glue in between logic and reasoning is compassion, it's care and love and forgiveness. And I don't care if you're putting together a team to build rockets, to go to the moon, to go to space, to go to the uh, International Space Station. At the end of the day, that team can never go as far as it needs to go if there is no compassion, care and love and forgiveness and contentment and integrity, like these, these, these intangible things between the logic and reasoning at work. It can never happen. So I also say that the differentiator between humans and robots is this, is, 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 are those human intangibles which we can never duplicate or copy. So that's why we should be fascinated about quantum faith and quantum physics because now we're getting an understanding that the principles taught by Jesus on how to deal with our natural and physical world and environment today aren't baseless. So Proverbs chapter 8 gives some really beautiful background and insight into our planet, galaxy, and universe. Listen to this. This is from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 to 31. This is, listen to this. The Lord formed and brought me wisdom forth at the beginning of his way, before his acts of old. I, wisdom, was inaugurated and ordained from everlasting, from the beginning, before ever the earth existed. When there were no deeps, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains laden with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the land or the fields or the first of the dust of the earth. When he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep and stretched out the firmament over it. When he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea its limit and his decree that the waters should not transgress across the boundaries set by his command when he appointed the foundations of the earth then i wisdom was beside him 
as a master and director of the work. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always. Rejoicing in his inhabited earth and delighting in the sons of men. Wow, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I can just see God in his wisdom, just applying wisdom. And that's why I'm saying this universe, this planet, this earth, everything we see around us is not just rah-rah. God was not just throwing things against the wall to see what sticks. I mean, that's what I thought at the very beginning before I ever really started getting an understanding on these things. But it's amazing. It's talking about the sky. It's talking about the fountains of the deep. It's talking about the heavens. It's talking about the circle upon the face of the deep. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep, that already gets the imagination of kind of the shape of the planet. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, wow. That is just beautiful. When there were no fountains laden with water, I mean, this is just, oh, it is so good. Anyways, so all this to say that um, all physics and science are part of the mind of God. That's the good news. If you are a believer in God, I got good news for you. Physics and science are part of the mind of God. And if you're not a believer in God, I also got some shocking news for you. Physics and science are part of the mind of God. But they're not the sum total. No, they're not. Again, this planet, think about it. If God had just created this universe, this, this planet with no human beings, with no living creatures, if you had stopped at creating the star, sun, moon, stars, and didn't create any living creature, no animals, no pets, no humanity, can you see how empty and void life would be? Do you see why I say that the glue in between the logic and the reasoning is the compassion, is the love, is the care? You see, God didn't create human beings because he, create, he wanted a family. So life goes beyond just reasoning and science and physics. So I can understand why God's plan from the beginning says, hey, my son, Jesus Christ, I'm sending you. This is a rescue mission. You need to save souls. That is important. We were the crown jewel of God's creation. We were the only ones created in his image and likeness. But I think right now we have human beings who think that everything about our lives should be physics and science, reasoning and logic. No. Why would God have all this time thinking about these things and create them and then say they are incomplete without the human touch? They are incomplete without the human touch. Why didn't God create robots? I mean, creating human beings or making a human being is way harder than creating a robot. Why did he go past a robot and create something that was just more than 
a sun, a moon, a star, a tree, a mountain. Why did he, they, 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 they are intangibles to this existence. And God is, he's, he is that. The Bible doesn't say that God is wisdom, God is knowledge. It says God has wisdom, God has knowledge, God has understanding. He has infinite wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But the one thing it takes is that God is love. That is who he is. The intangible love. In fact, another scripture says that now these three abide, faith, hope, love, but love is the greatest. So yes, physics and science abide. They exist. We love them. They're beautiful. But love is the greatest, the intangibleness of the human touch. It's so beautiful. Now, listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. It also states it beautifully. It says, the Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Oh, that is so good. That is so beautiful. Listen to this again. This is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. There we go again, wisdom. By understanding has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Woof! That is wonderful. There are three things that stand out to me in how this universe is created and life and everything that I think, by the way, this is a principle that we all should strive to have the, I, I believe these are the triplets of how everything came to be. We have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom is application. Understanding is comprehension. Knowledge is information. So one of the things that really caught my attention is that the scripture emphasizes all these three all the time. All these three pillars, scripture always uses them. Understanding, uses wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Now, there's a lot of smart people right now in the world. They have all the information and maybe even the understanding, but they lack wisdom. That is the biggest problem in our world right now. We have all these smart people. You ask yourself, for instance, I always like to think of this. Let's take California, drive down inner. Uh, let's go to Silicon Valley, the Mecca or the capital of all innovation, at least before the pandemic. Why would a city with all the brains in one location somehow have the highest number of homelessness, addiction, drug addicts, and all sorts of weird problems? Why? You have all the money there. You have all the knowledge there, perhaps understanding, lack of wisdom. They are intangibles that uh, 
they're intangibles that we always forget. The machine is made by the man. Technology is an extension of us. Technology is not independent of our character. If the person making the technology doesn't have good character, the technology will not have character. That's why you keep on saying the same thing, same things in loop. Now with the artificial intelligence and machine learning. So before it was, okay, let's create robots that robots maybe will scan people at the airports or, or robots will be in charge of hiring people. Maybe robots will be able to be fair and we won't have to deal with things like discrimination based on uh, race, color, and all these things. And then you go to find out that the algorithms that are being used to build these intelligent robots, they're feeding them data, but some of the data is not, does not include people of all walks of life. So 10 years from now, when you got a racist robot, now we're going to blame it on the robot. No, we, we keep forgetting technology and robots are an extension of us, the human beings. Technology doesn't create itself. Robots don't create themselves. We create them. They are an extension of us. Man makes the machine. The machine is an extension of what is in the man. If the man is evil, if the man has no intangibles like love, compassion, character, it doesn't matter. The machine will still be corrupted. The first virus is the virus that is passed down from the DNA of the man making the machine. It is not software virus. It is not hackers. The first virus in these robots is going to come down from the inefficiencies of our personal lives. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The robot doesn't fall far from the tree, from its maker. That's why we have a world full of knowledge. We have Google. You can get knowledge as fast, faster than, you, than you've ever done before. There's comprehension, but we lack wisdom. We don't know how to apply it. We have a lot of smart people, but they're not wise. King Solomon asked for wisdom. Maybe he knew something. God said, ask me of anything and I'll give it to you. He asked for wisdom. He said, teach me how to lead your people. I am but a child. I know not how to go out or come in. Teach me how to lead. Teach me how to do this. Teach me how to use this technology for good. Anyways. The book of Colossians also tells us that God created the worlds through Jesus. So we, we, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. This is, this is looping back into Jesus could have spent his time teaching science, physics, and medicine. He knew this stuff. Colossians tells us that God created the worlds through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen to what he reads. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. This is Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 to 17. It says, 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Woo! My goodness. Listen, listen to listen to another translation. It says, For it is for it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen. Whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things were created and exist through him by his service, intervention, and in and for him. And he himself existed before all things. And in him, all things consist. They cohere. They are held together. This is telling us that, again, this universe is not just rara. There is a reason as to why Jesus and God the Father chose the approach to focus more on the intangibles of our lives because that's what holds the logic and the reasoning together. God, as I've kept on saying in the last episode, God is in the business of saving souls, not teaching science, physics, and medicine. So it's not that when Jesus was performing these miracles, it's not like they were baseless, like they, they had no foundational basis. They had no reason behind them. As most people like to think, no. It says everything was created by him, everything in heaven and on earth, everything seen and unseen, including all forces and powers woo, and all rulers and authorities. All things were created by God's son and everything was made for him. God's son was before all else. And by him, everything is held together. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to nullify this misconception that the things spoken of in the Bible are just rara, that they aren't thought through, that they are just spiritual principles or spiritual mythology without impact on our world today. Now, hold the thought, let's take a quick break, and let's get back. Actually, it is very bizarre, even to the phys physicists who study the area of quantum mechanics, because things don't operate in the micro realm, in the quantum area, like they do in classical physics, like the law of gravity. I mean, in the law of gravity, in classical physics, um, every time you jump off of the second story, uh, building, you go down, not up, you know, and, and you just ex you expect that, you know that, it doesn't matter whether you jump, whether you drop a ball, what happens, that happens every time. Welcome back. We are talking about our fascination in quantum physics meet quantum faith meet quantum physics we're saying that our fascination in quantum faith meets quantum physics should come from the understanding that the principles taught by Jesus on how to deal with our natural and physical world and environment today aren't baseless. 
Proverbs chapter 8 just beautifully articulated some of the things that happened before we get before we arrived on the scene. As I said, life right now is a lot of times we all have moments when we sit down to think about the three big questions. Why am I here? Where did we come from? And what happens when I die after I leave my body? So, but in those moments, as you're trying to understand those questions, for me, when you start to see that this world, this universe, the things that we see around us don't just happen rara, they don't just happen because, you know, there's reason and explanation behind them. Proverbs 8 really peeled the curtain back for us. Proverbs 8, verse 22 to 31. You know, with statements like, The Lord formed me and brought me forth at the beginning of his way before his acts of old. I, wisdom, was inaugurated and ordained from everlasting from the beginning before the, before the earth existed. When there were no deeps, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains laden with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not met the land or the fields or the first of the dust of the earth. When he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep and stretched out the firmament over it. When he made from the skies above and established the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its limit and his decree that the waters should not transgress across the boundaries set by his command. When he appointed the foundations of the earth, I, wisdom, was beside him as a master and director of the work. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in, in his inhabited earth and delighting in the sons of men. So then we're saying that all physics and science are part of the mind of God, but not the sum total of it. And Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 to 20, beautiful states as well, that the Lord by wisdom has founded the earth by understanding has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. So these three pillars that are pivotal to how everything around us happens, our, you know, our planet, galaxy, universe, you name it, our world, is governing principles. But the three pillars are wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom is application, understanding is comprehension, knowledge is information so then we can see that it's not that jesus didn't have understanding of how the world operated and that's why he focused on more of a spiritual or intangible side of things as i said we are dropped in the middle we, we come in at the scene of this movie that has already been happening but it's not that jesus didn't have knowledge or understanding of the things he was saying that they were baseless that it was just spiritual mythology. No. As I said, God is in the business of saving souls. John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is God's. That's the business he's in right now. Because his original plan for man was disrupted by Satan who was Lucifer before he became Satan. And he was one of the archangels of heaven. Ordained for worship and praise. And don't be surprised why the music we have today is being corrupted. Music and entertainment 
are the main inroad of Satan into corrupting and defiling this world. Everybody knows that. But again, as I was saying, it's not because Jesus didn't have knowledge of science, physics, or understanding. Why? Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17 says, tells us that, for by him were all things created, things in heaven and on earth, things that are seen and things that are unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service and intervention, and in him for him. And he himself existed before all things. So he evidently he knew physics, science, and, and medicine, and math, all, all these things that we use for logic, reasoning, and, and understanding, and knowledge, and information. Because he, he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist. They cohere and are held together. God's Son, Jesus, was before all else, and by him everything is held together. All things were created by God's Son, Jesus, and everything was made for him. So, all this to say that I'm trying to nullify this misconception that the things spoken of in the Bible are just rara, that they aren't thought through, that they are just spiritual principles or spiritual mythology without, without impact on our world today. But they aren't. They are written in a way to get you to reposture your mind and mental foundation on which you approach life. They are written for you to understand that we live in a cause and effects world because uh, we live in a cause and effects world. The cause is the spirit realm and the effects is the physical world, the physical realm. And the things that you see with your physical eyes they are governed and controlled by a higher realm, the spirit realm. The spirit realm is the parent force. The spirit realm is the parent force. Here's an example for you. Every physical thing we see with our natural eyes needs a spirit to function. Everything that doesn't have spirit in it, let's say a metal pole at a traffic light, how is it able to stay vertical? It has to be kept vertical by bolts and nuts. Everything that doesn't have a spirit in it, if you hold it up, it falls down. Why? You might say, well, why is it when I'm stuck? Well, Human beings, animals, we have a spirit. We have, we have, we have, we have a soul. We have a spirit in us. Metal doesn't have a spirit. That's why metal needs to be held together by bolts and nuts. So everything physical we see with our natural eyes needs a spirit to function. Basically, human beings and 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 trees and all these things. Uh, uh, well, well, those are, don't those don't have like a spirit. But what I'm saying is that whatever doesn't have a spirit needs to be held up by a bolt or not. Basically, something has to hold it together. So Jesus taught healing 
from the foundational principles behind how the human body was created. Now we've come to term Jesus's way of healing or medicine as miracles or divine healing. But they could be a person who might still not believe that miracles or divine healing happen or they exist or are a real thing. Well, I would like to ask them, how did, how then does the placebo effect work in new medicines being tested out? How does the placebo effect work? The placebo effect works by faith. It works by belief. How are you going to tell me that they're going to, they're going to tell you that this medication is going to cure you and it's not even anywhere next to the medicine, but you take it and you start to feel better. Where does the power come from for the placebo effect to work? That you're going to swallow a tablet, a medication, something disguised as a medication, which is just sugar and something else, whatever they use, and somehow it's going to make you feel better. And the moment they take you off of that that disguise of a drug, you start to feel the side effects, your sickness starts to come back. How do you think this works? It works by faith. It works by belief. We gotta stop beating around the bush and try to just try to make everything seem like it's okay. Like this quantum faith means quantum physics is telling us guys, like the, the it's okay. Science is part of God's mind. So for us to say the placebo effect works by faith or belief, because this is what Jesus told us how to enter into the kingdom of God, it shouldn't be a shame. It shouldn't be something that we're like, oh, no, here goes religion again. No, it works by faith. It works by belief. Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's not draw circles and try to make this whole thing complicated. It works by faith, by belief. So we shouldn't have medical science batting heads with divine healing. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't have that. It shouldn't be either or. Why not both? We should teach people to take advantage of both. Again, God is in the healing business. God is in the healing business. One of the very important things that stands out is that one of the things that Jesus said when he first started preaching, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he said, I'm here to preach the gospel, set the captives free, set, set those that are in bondage at liberty, and to heal the sick. Jesus always had a compassion towards sick people because God is in the healing business. And the scripture says Jesus is the express image of God. So Jesus doing this shows us that this is what God desires, God the Father. Everywhere, even when he told his disciples to go preach that the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. He said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, go do all these things. Go preach the gospel, but heal the sick. God is in the healing business. So God doesn't mind if you get healed through a doctor because doctor medicine that is a, that is a step below divine healing is still the mind of God. Out of God comes all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Out of the mind of God comes science and reasoning and all these things. It's part of the mind of God. It's just not the sum total of God. 
like some people would like us to operate in this world and say, man, you got to choose to, you either choose to be a scientist or you can't be uh, a Christian or you can't believe in God and then believe in science in a sense to say, believe that, yes, science does work and it's applicable. It's all the mind of God. Whatever doctors do, surgeries for, for, for all kinds of diseases, it is still within the mind of God. Now, it might not be his first choice of solving the problem, but it's still part of the mind of God. So God doesn't mind if you get healed, get healed through a doctor because that doctor is basically using the principles of knowledge that was set into existence by God. So if you don't believe that you can get rid of pain by praying about it or speaking to it to leave your body, like Jesus was talking to sicknesses and diseases, it's okay. You can take Tylenol. It's okay. But let me ask you, how do painkillers actually work? Painkillers interfere with pain messages sent to the brain via nerve endings, which affects the brain, the spinal cord, or injured area. In summary, when you take a painkiller, the painkiller rel relieves pain. Painkillers pain work by getting in between the nerve cells so that they can't transmit the pain message to one another. The message isn't able to make it to the brain and this keeps you from feeling pain. So the only reason you feel pain, let's say if you had your hand on a stove, God designed the system so that a message is sent to the brain and says, hey, there's pain coming from the hand. And then you react, boom. You, you take off your hand. So when you take a painkiller, basically what it does, it cuts off that communication between where the pain signal is coming from and the brain. That's how painkillers work. So if I can cause through belief, through faith, cause that disconnection to happen without me taking a physical substance like a medication, then absolutely, why not go for it? You see, when you take a painkiller, it doesn't go directly to your shin, your head, or even the spot that is hurting so much. It just works with the cells, your body's nerve endings, your nervous system, and your brain to keep you from feeling the pain. That's all. That's all painkillers do. That is how painkillers work. But, you know, one is cheaper, depending on painkillers, depending on, you know, a surgery could be expensive. You might not be able to afford it. Painkillers might cost a lot of money, depending on them, the side effects that come with them. And, you know, there has come a day or these, you hear this so many times, a lot of people narrate their stories that the doctor walked out of the door and said, we've done all that we can do. And then all hope leaves the room.
when the doctors open the door out of a surgery ward or out of a diagnosis or and they say we've tried everything we can do we're sorry you see a lot of people in the world have been denied this opportunity to take advantage of these beautiful principles that Jesus was teaching us that we can access the realm of endless possibilities, which is uh, quantum faith. And now as quantum physics is understanding, we can understand, access the realm of endless possibilities with just simple faith and belief. But a lot of people, because of the deception, have been denied the ability to partake in things like divine healing and miracles because somehow we have this stupid misconception that science is science and God don't mix. No, science, healing, medicine, all of this stuff, physics, it's part of the mind of God. When doctors walk out and say, we have tried to do all we can, we're sorry. Sometimes it's too late. It's too late to start building the faith that you just all of a sudden believe in miracles. And I've heard of certain people who kind of last moment, they started to believe in a miracle and it worked. But so many people in this world are suffering. So many people are in pain. So many people are under the bondage of, 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 of addiction from painkillers, addicted to drugs to numb the pain in their lives because somehow the, there's this misconception, oh, science and, and God don't mix. Divine healing and doctors don't mix. That's rubbish. That's asinine. How many times have we heard this? You know, people reach the end, when doctors reach the end of their human knowledge, and God knows that there are points when that happens, but then you have to come on to the next level, partake in divine healing, believe in miracles. This is the realm of endless possibilities. This is what Jesus was teaching us about. Scientists are discovering this, even in physics, that there is a realm of endless possibilities within physics that defies classical physics. Quantum physics defies the laws of classical physics. G Again, Jesus came to save souls and heal them while doing that. The gospel of Jesus Christ me literally means the good news, the nearly too good to be true news. That's what the gospel was about. The gospel was Jesus saying, hey, guys. Oh, this is so beautiful. Wait for it. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So Jesus Christ comes with the gospel. But the gospel was not geared towards teaching you about physics, science, and math. The gospel was telling you that the doors of heaven have been opened up. You have access to the realm of endless possibilities. You have access, even in your physical body, you can access this realm of endless possibilities by faith and belief. On the Sermon of the Mount, where Jesus first introduced the Beatitudes, 
This is from Matthew. This is very beautiful. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 11. When Jesus introduces the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner or evil against you falsely for my sake. But out of all these Beatitudes, oh, the Sermon on the Mount, it's a classic. The first one really provides so much explanation. All of them, in just a second, just wait for it. But when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, these Beatitudes have so many applications, but for the purpose of, of this discussion and context of quantum faith meets quantum physics, right now I want you to understand this. Quantum faith, quantum physics. Drop the terminology of quantum this. Just know quantum, faith, quantum physics means the realm of all possibilities of physics. Quantum faith, the realm of all possibilities of belief. That's basically what this means. We've damned it down. It's just a realm of all possibilities. And how can you tap into a realm of all possibilities in the physics realm and a realm of all possibilities in the faith realm? You see, Jesus was teaching us. He was telling us that, hey, I've come to show you an easy way out. I've come to make you aware of quantum physics because classical physics is limited. That's, that's, that's what he was teaching. You got to get behind this. You got to you, um, get behind the sayings. Understand. We're trying to apply to, to, to our subject. So he was saying, I've come to make you aware of quantum physics because classical physics is limited. There is a realm of all possibilities, and here is how you can access it. He was saying, God the Father has given humanity. He has given mankind access to it. Anyone can access it, and you can access it for free. God the Father has given humanity the access to the realm of endless possibilities, and you can access it for free. That's basically, when you dumb it down, that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ was. He said, of course, yeah, yes, you need a passcode, and the passcode is Jesus. That's the only passcode you need. But he was saying, and this is where a lot of people get hung up. 
But Jesus was saying, you can only access the realm of all possibilities, which is the spirit realm, by having a born-again spirit. And all you have to do is you just have to say, I believe this, and you're in. I mean, he made it so easy. Again, I'm dropping all the re religiosity. I'm damning it down if you have a physics mind. And I'm also damning it down for you if you're just a, a Christian who is just faith. And, and you're wondering, how do these worlds connect? How, I'm just damning it down. He was saying, you, God has opened the doors for humanity to have access into his endless possibilities, into his infinite wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He is giving everybody access, but he needs to have a filter. Because remember, at the beginning, when God didn't put a filter, Satan came in and corrupted mankind, the fall of man, sin. So now he comes back with a new strategy and he says, this time you need a passcode to, to come in. And it's Jesus. It's my son. And again, he dumbs it down even easier. He says, all you have to do is have a born again spirit because the realm of endless possibilities is actually from the spirit realm, which governs the physical natural realm in which we live. And he's saying, all you, all you need to do is have a born-again born spirit. And all you have to say, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, salvation. I believe this and you're in and you get access. The realm of all possibilities isn't the physical world. It's not. No way. It's not. The realm of all possibilities isn't the physical world. It's the spiritual world. It's the spirit world. So for me, I just see that it was inevitable for us human beings in our flesh to access the realm we needed with a new incorruptible spirit. Ah. The realm of all possibilities isn't the physical world. It's the spiritual world. So it's inevitable for me when I look in hindsight the approach that God used, saying, "I'm not coming. I'm not. I'm not coming for you to have um, everybody to have a new physical rebirth. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give you a born again. I'm gonna renew the thing that you need to access the thing. I'm gonna give you a born again spirit, a new spirit for you to access the realm of all possibilities, which is in the spirit realm." You know, there's a guy in the Bible in the book of John chapter 3. Yes, it's called Nicodemus. And Jesus said to him, no man can enter the kingdom of God except he be born again. But not a new physical rebirth, but a new spiritual rebirth, a new spirit, a new spirit. Remember, you are a spirit. You are a triune being. You are a spirit soul and body you 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 are a spirit that lives in a physical body as i said earlier on your body is your earth suit just like we send astronauts to space not in their earth suit they need to wear a space suit likewise for your spirit to come and exist into this planet and operate physically in the physical realm you need an earth suit your body yes there's spirits on this planet but in order for them, they, 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 that's why spirits, you know, demonic spirits and, and holy spirits and, and God, they both, those spirits kind of need to possess people for those spirits to really work. You know what I'm saying? 
God is going to use you to say, go buy someone a coffee. God's going to use you to say, hey, don't cut off someone. The devil is going to say, no, go, go to the grocery store and buy everything because of say there's going to be a shutdown. Buy everything. Go just care about yourself. Don't care about everybody else because everybody else is going to die. Care about yourself. That's a selfish spirit that possesses you to act in a certain manner versus a good spirit that will possess you to do something beautiful. Do you see that? So all so when Jesus tells this guy called Nicodemus, it tells him that, hey, no man can enter the kingdom of God except he be born again. Nicodemus says, well, do I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He says, no, <laughs> it's not going to be like that. It's not a physical rebirth. It's a spiritual rebirth of a born again spirit. Basically, you receiving an incorruptible spirit. That's what this was about. So you can see where we're going. We're entering the realm of endless possibilities. And we're seeing that it's not the physical world. The physical world is not the realm of endless possibilities. It's the spirit realm. And how do we enter it? We can only access it by the spirit. We can only access the thing by having the thing. Hold the thought. Selah. And so when you're talking about the quantum realm, you're talking about the realm of all possibilities. The most important thing we can do is take the limits off of God. Unleash the power of God. Unleash the unlimited possibilities that are available that God's given us in His Word. We are building on a firm foundation that Jesus set for us and told us about. We have to act on what we know and we absolutely have to be open to new things, new ideas, and listening to the infinite possibilities the Holy Spirit gives us. So we choose what we create. And now, what do we do? Do we speak God's Word? What do we say? We face those choices every day in our life. What are we going to say? This was episode four of this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue building the relationship between quantum faith and quantum physics. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. They said he could walk on water. Just grab, right just grab.